0: The shitty Christians. I'm your host, Michael Tabor. I'm Zachary Alley, and we are beginning this week. You know, we've been keeping up with the news, and there is there is an act of unprovoked aggression that has oh. been sort of dominating oh, no. the local newscape. Yep. Uh, I am talking, of course, about the Pope just slapping the hell out of a woman <laughs> on New Year's Eve. <laughs> Uh, Oh, my God. This video, I'd certainly recommend you go watch it. Uh, It's only a couple minutes long. I
1: can't stop watching it.
0: It's just the Pope walking down a procession Mm. of people. He's shaking hands. He's touching kids. And you see this lady long Mm. before she's relevant. Mm. She's already crossing herself. And just as he gets to her, he breaks away from the crowd. And you see... The horror yep. in her eyes, mm-hmm. and in this moment of trying to will what yep. she needs into the world, she reaches out and she grabs him, and she straight up—I will say this—she straight up yanks that pope back, <laughs> and it's pretty baller because uh, she's just like, no, 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 what? And she like pulls his hand into both of her hands, and she starts speaking, and he is immediately just. Furious. Do you see the Pete Judge snarl? <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Somehow he has Midwestern rage. <laughs> in my head, Judge
1: is also a Catholic, so continue.
0: I mean, white man rage is international.
1: Uh, th- those are known as drones, but please continue.
0: <sighs> All right, well done. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. And he is just immediately furious because, of course, right. he's a very powerful man. Yep. Uh, and he doesn't like being touched, especially by a woman. And he looks at her and he starts saying things and then he just slaps her hand oh, repeatedly no. Oh no. With, like the fervor of like a nineteen fifties dad. Like oh, it's no. just like That's it's just the love. Like... <laughs> it's never been a good fervor. And it's just you know what I loved about it is it just reminded me of, you know, the Bible when <laughs> <laughs> Jesus roundhouse kicks the woman when <laughs> she touches the hem of his robe.
1: I felt a little power got uh, in me. You know, You're about to pope... feel a lot. <laughs>
0: The Pope is the voice of God yep. in the, the world, perfect. exactly. So it just makes total sense that when presented with a mild <laughs> inconvenience, he would respond with physical violence to a person that loves him. Uh, that's what Christ taught us. Mm. And then he issued this very like half-assed apology. He's like, "Well, I'm human too." And it's like,
1: "Well, are you? Is well, that is that the premise of you being able to speak ex cathedra? You exactly. Being human as
0: well. I don't remember that. Uh, and you know what? You know who else was fully human?" <laughs> <laughs> Uh, he didn't appear oh, to have man. these problems. Uh, maybe we need to get into the apocryphal text to find out where Jesus goes into, like, an amateur wrestling match. Excited for Martin Scorsese to make the last temptation of the yeah. for him. So, speaking of unchecked aggression, President Trump deciding to assassinate <laughs> Soleimani.
1: I want to pour a little liquor out for, for our homie who fought ISIS and Israel.
0: Yeah, we we are the the all
1: the right enemies.
0: We are the liberals that Fox News warned you about. (laughs) (laughs) We are going to fly the flag at half. Yeah,
1: Babylon B had a whole thing exactly, basically being like, "Well, liberals flew the flag at half mast for That's that's too high.
0: Yeah, exactly. It's too
1: high." For a hero, a martyr to the cause.
0: So let's let's <laughs> break this down a little bit. God damn it.
1: No, I think everyone understands the corner I'm on here, and there's no there's no nuance that needs to be explicated. Not at all.
0: Not at all. So, I mean, there actually isn't that much nuance. Yeah, I think no. it needs to be said. Like, as complex as our relationship sure. with Iran may be, uh-huh. and as, as complicated a figure as certain segments of the American news media would have you believe that Soleimani <laughs> was— uh, the man was not a terrorist. No. He was a general. He was a general. He was probably actually number two or three in terms of power structure yeah. in Iran. And he was beloved by his people yep. for doing things like beating the shit out of ISIS.
1: Yeah. And he didn't always, wasn't always on the right corner. No. He also helped Assad uh, win
0: the war to keep control of Syria. But, but you know what? But, Fuck that! But, because enough with the fucking Democrats exactly. being like he was a bad man, exactly. but we don't appreciate that he did you know did yeah. this this he way. He should have
1: been murdered, but Donald Trump should have filed the paperwork. Yeah.
0: Fuck all of that! Yeah. This was an absolute act of unchecked aggression. Yep,
1: against their Donald Rumsfeld. Now, if you phrase it like that,
0: <laughs> get on board. Yeah, yeah, I was gonna say you're not really helping our wait, cause here. Wait,
1: no, uh, he was. He was an important public official. Yeah,
0: he. Had a, he, he was a coalition builder.
1: He was actually a coalition builder. And if you look back in 2001, if you read New York or pro- profile of him in 2013, uh, he was helping America at the start of the Afghanistan war fight against the Taliban. That's right. You know where their enemies were? Taliban, ISIS, <laughs> Israel, <laughs> all. all the,
0: st- the correct enemies. All en-
1: states of terror
0: <laughs> and oppression. And
1: I obviously we're not going to all agree with everything he did but if you read that article from 2013 i strongly recommend you read it because it's important context at this moment yeah there was a good chance that he was going to talk about rapprochement with the united states you know he was a coalition builder he was a pragmatist he you know and so not just that But more importantly, you can't just go around clipping leaders of basically countries and military.
0: Yeah. So let's get to that because I I think, you know, these are obviously very complex situations. But yeah, let's let's try to circle in here on like Donald Trump made a call. Right. What inspired that call? And it it came out sort of in the wake of this. The military did their sort of like washing of their hands.
1: Which is totally, Um, they try to see come across as the reasonable one. Yeah, they're like, we gave
0: him lots of options. We never expected him to choose this one, which portrays an incredible lack of understanding about what is the most most (laughs) obvious element about Donald Trump. Like Donald Trump always wants to be explosion guy
1: yeah he's epic win
0: yeah. he's epic own. he's always gonna go for the craziest thing no matter what it is it doesn't matter if it hurts him no. it doesn't matter like people are trying to make this into like oh this will wag the dog mm-hmm. this is a distraction from yeah. impeachment Fine, and i think I whatever care. there might be some small element of truth here but i think the actual truth is far more simple which is that donald <laughs> trump just wants to fuck shit up
1: the mo it's the bastards the most dramatic season ever it sweeps week it's the apprentice yeah, thi- this it is, is, is the apprentice season 2800 fired yeah that is he, that, <laughs> literally that is what he wanted to do and that is why he's president he posted a picture of the american flag after this i think that's important he posted a blurry jpeg of the american flag <laughs> after murdering another nation's general that's all this is man this is a mountain dew commercial it's triple it's <laughs> x driving a dude's car off of a bridge and like hang gliding out of it that's yeah. all this is. It is it's in It's specifically
0: Triple X and not Fast and the Furious because he yeah. doesn't pull it off.
1: No, exactly. It doesn't work.
0: <laughs> and then, of course, you know, and then he has to go and war crime it up afterwards being like, we'll <sighs> fucking blow up everything, motherfucker. We don't care. Yeah, there's definitely like all kinds of awful reasons. But come on, military guys. Like yeah. you knew. You oh, knew course. what you were doing when you put the option on the paper.
1: And that speaks to the last 60 years of the U.S. with Iran. The military wants to... Regime change Iran. It yep. did it in the 50s. That's why they don't have a democratically elected government now. Yep. Uh, they, they you know, the tension in the 70s was because the U.S. continually tried to intervene. They The U.S. has been trying to fuck with Iran's leadership for its entire existence. Because after, Iran existed, of course, out of British imperialism too. So Iran, for functionally, since there's been Iran <laughs> as a geopolitical state, has been dealing with us constantly poking it. In the eye, and as recently as two thousand one, early two thousand two was maybe like, "Hey, can we maybe just be friends?" And then George Bush just decided, kind of on a whim, yeah, to do the Axis of Evil thing. So, like, you know who the bad who? guy is here? <laughs>
0: This, this story is a series of unforced errors. Yes. <laughs> and what's hilarious is that Iran, that has had a lot of issues, of has done a uh, lot of things we do not support. I approve of everything. Uh, wait, this
1: podcast has consistently
0: been the more reasonable <laughs> yeah. person at the table.
1: Yeah. And so to bring that all back around to your original point, like, like of course Trump's going to pick it because they kind of know who he is. They know he's awesome, epic own guy and he's our first twitter president
0: he he is 80s action movie president uh
1: in his head you know he he's just he's john Mm McClain. and because of that they knew when they did this they get a chance at a real war they knew it yeah and all these guys are also stakeholders a lot of the guys are also stakeholders in the whole military industrial complex so it's just money as well it's a whole thing it's money it's power blah 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 all of those things and so it's just it's nonsense one week into 2020. Yeah, I was going to say. I think say, that's the best part.
0: I love it. Because you, you can't help but feel a little hope, particularly when you're entering <laughs> right. a new decade uh-huh. and you're like, it's an election year. There's a chance that Donald Trump will no longer be our president. Bernie is surging. Uh, Bernie is killing it. Yep. Like, I, I think our last episode, we were yep. excited about mm. how well Bernie had done. And so it really, I appreciate 2020 just taking a second to kick us in the fucking dick yep. and just be like, hey, man, just so you know, things only get worse. <laughs> So what are we going to be talking about today, Zach?
1: We're talking about advertising in the SBC. <laughs> Our uh, favorite topic. Yes, for money. And we're going to talk about the rise and fall of Joshua Harris, uh, the author of I Kissed Date and Goodbye.
0: Yes, he has been on a journey, and mm. we are going to trace that journey. But yeah. first, tell me about what the SBC has been up to.
1: So... I don't know if you need context for the ad, but
0: we'll start with the ad and then we'll add the context.
1: The SBC, Daniel Darling, which is just quite the name, Senate Vice President for Communications of the SBC Ethics and Religious Liberty Commission sent out an email Mm -hmm. December 16th asking for donations, tax deductible of 50, 100 or 500 dollars to help the agency to stand with survivors of sexual abuse. And it sounds nice to make their voices heard. That sounds good, right? It does. Your first thing is like, hey. I believe in that. <laughs> However, the SBC has had a real problem with sex abuse in its ranks. Yes. And in 2019, kind of did some half-hearted attempts to deal with it. I'm going to quote, uh, Dan- David Cloessi, SNAP, St. Louis representative and survivor of sexual abuse in the Catholic church. He wrote, it's cruel and Orwellian for any Southern Baptist official to fundraise with the claim that he's equipping clergy abuse victims to speak up when nearly all church officials continually to subtly silence them. <laughs> Krista Brown, a SNAP board member, r- who writes occasionally for the Baddest News Global, said she wishes every clergy abuse survivor could receive the kind of support described in the video, but that's not the reality, when the vast majority of SBC survivors receive no support at all. Uh, and As recently as two years ago, according to the Fort Worth Star-Telegram, a spokesman from the same office told someone asking to turn in a predator that specifically engaging in this matter is not in the scope, role, or authority, or their, their ability. Wow. That's special. That's a new one. You didn't yeah. even know. I held that one for you because I good. knew
0: you would just be. So, yeah. So, what, so what makes happens? this so horrifying is that <laughs> starting in 2018, the Houston yes. Chronicle re- ran mm. a series of articles mm. basically delineating a widespread problem of sex abuse yes. in the SBC. Uh, I think it was something like 220 pastors, mm-hmm. uh, over 700 victims. We're talking about just a staggering level, a, a, ca- a spotlight level yep. uh, amount of abuse that was happening in ESPC. Across USBC.
1: decades, and you had people who were major lights like Paige Patterson shuffling people around who had been incredibly Oh, of abuse, uh, um, things like that.
0: Paige Patterson... Uh, who has since been removed from his post, given mm-hmm. some of his issues with yep. that, but yep. just an incredible amount of reshuffling and ignoring and yep. trying to handle things internally. The SPC came out like, "Hey, we're going to address this." Yeah, and this is JD Rear's mm-hmm. thing. Like, he, we're gonna we're gonna create this whole task force. Yep. They spent a literal year putting together all yeah. of this so information. This, so in
1: the summer, sort yeah. of reached ahead.
0: Yeah, so they had a caring well conference where they presented yep. all of their information mm-hmm. and offered a series of concrete and a objective changes to the sbc so that none of this would happen again except oh wait none of that fucking happened yeah.
1: so a couple things first of all jd greer tried he did try uh
0: just faux hawk extraordinaire yep JD tight greer.
1: tight shirts we're talking about deep v's yeah. we also need to say even but as silly as that is jd
0: Greer represents a huge change up for he the sbc a bi-
1: he's a big sea
0: change uh and, and he did come out and was like, yeah, we really want to address this and take this seriously. He's been
1: really trying. And he was better on this than the SBC because it turned out he backed studying, he backed studying the creation of a database and it also recommended incorporating screening and background checks for his trustee nominees. That was shot down. <laughs> None of those measures were included in the resolutions and previous consideration of an offenders database in the past was knocked down in deference to individual churches autonomy
0: which is one of the big things in the SBC. They're yes. like, hey, we're, we're not even really a denomination. No. We just come together once a year. We hang like, out. All of these churches are autonomous, so there's no way that we could establish what has been the single most asked for thing by victims, which is a yep. database of yep. offending pastors so that this doesn't keep happening. It's so they so can't easy. do what they're doing, which is exactly so what the Catholic easy. Church is doing, yep. which is just, hey, pick up, move to another town, man. Yeah, P- probably someplace poor. Uh, this is, in context, the absolute bare minimum. Oh, and so easy. That an organization could do. You can do is this- just to keep track.
1: With Windows 95. <laughs> no, I'm serious. You could do this with a T9 calculator. And
0: so the idea that, like, these things wouldn't happen,
1: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: and yet the SBC- and the Ethic and Religious Liberty Commission, which is, which is the public policy arm of the SBC. So yes. they're not different. No. Uh, would go out and be like, hey, you can support us because we're taking this really seriously yep. when the victims are telling you, hey, you're actually not. You were doing nothing. Orwellian's a good word for it. Yeah. I'll, I'll go for another one. Douchey. Yeah. It's fucking it shitty. Is
1: and because, like, it's a specifically in context. And create this curriculum.
0: Yeah. The Caring Well Initiative.
1: Yep. Yeah, the Caring Well Challenge And to help Southern Baptists address it.
0: And the whole idea is training people so they know how yep. to better respond it's to great. abuse. It's 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 trying, but mm-hmm. of course, it's optional.
1: And it launched to 750 churches. That sounds good. And I'm pleased. 750, not zero. How many SBC churches are there, Michael? 47,000.
0: Jesus.
1: And so about 1.5%.
0: 1.5%.
1: Now, and their response to this, and this is why those people are mad that they're fundraising on it. Their response to this is, we can't do anything about that. Why is that bullshit, Michael?
0: Yeah, so again, the SBC repeatedly has just been like, these are autonomous institutions. We don't have control. Mm -hmm. But what we find is, (laughs) if you look at other issues that have arisen in the denomination, they have no problem disfellowshipping churches, disciplining pastors, removing people from uh, the convention. And the prime example is any sort of gay person anywhere around. Yep. Uh, This has been up to and including gay people as head pastors, Mm -hmm. gay people on staff, and in one case, gay person serving as a, I believe it was an elder, still a lay position, and they disfellowship the church. So I'm not- Or women being pastors. Oh, yeah, that is true. Absolutely. Uh, And so we have this situation where they're like, yeah, there's nothing we can do except whenever a woman or a gay person is involved, (laughs) then the hammer comes down. Yeah. But if
1: children are being abused, the SBC just like throws their hands up and is like, well. yeah."
0: And when only well, one and a half percent of your churches well, are willing to acknowledge the systemic issue that has yep. permanently eroded trust in this institution. I yep. mean, the Baptists were already bleeding beforehand oh, because they built their back on the culture war. And guess what? They fucking lost the culture war. Uh, so the the only thing that they have to cling to now is Donald Trump's, you know, his the side his tie they're just hanging on to his tie that's their last vestige of relevance uh, but it is incredibly incredibly improper and upsetting that the, after all of this after victims and yep. victims organizations are saying this is not the deal no. for them to come out and be like hey you can give us money because we're handling
1: it always lip service you, you know
0: what they've been saying for the last three decades mm-hmm. don't worry we're handling it yeah. that's been the party line and then like, they're
1: asking for money to it.
0: Well, don't yeah. you want to support women? Absolutely I do, which is why you're not getting any of my fucking money. Things like a database are just such an important literally first step that the idea that that's not happening, but yeah. don't worry, they're doing things. You could do it by hand. Yeah. You could
1: do it on Popeye's.
0: I mean, there are there are victims organizations that are doing exactly that, that are starting to track these things outside of the church. But the problem is because reporting within churches is still so poor, Yeah, it's really difficult to get that, something that. One like of the, the pieces of
1: data I saw just even – Doing this small bit that we're doing today on this, before we do a full rundown, yeah. uh, over sixty percent aren't reported of these crimes. How horrifying is that? These people don't care about uh, women or children at all.
0: Yeah. Now on to happier topics like purity culture. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh wait,
0: these wait, things wait. aren't related at all. So,
1: yeah. Oh, you took my bet.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: no, yeah, exactly. Uh, this completely unnatural segue into <laughs> Joshua Harris.
0: So, Joshua Harris uh consciously uncoupled <laughs> from both his wife and his faith <laughs> he wasn't quite in one fell swoop <laughs> i think he uh he gave it like a week between being like hey we're getting divorced also i'm no longer christian uh, bye first of all first of all i'm so glad he's alone <laughs> fuck that lake Fuck this, like, bald
1: wannabe Insta-thought bitch. Uh, like he's his
0: Instagram s- is literally inspirational quotes and thirst selfies. That the is.
1: guy who had the fucking gall at 21 to tell people when he didn't have a girlfriend. Yeah. When no one would fucking be near him to be like, well, I don't think dating should exist. Of course you don't think dating should exist. No one wanted to date you until you became a best-selling author. Mm.
0: He was a hottie. But he was a homeschooled hottie, so he didn't know it. <laughs> Joshua Harris. No, it's
1: just, like, I'm so glad. It's just, like, it just, it's the final, like, decoupling uh, of just, like, any legitimacy he might have had. I'm glad he's alone. I hope, I hope he's on, like, Bumble trying to get, like, get laid. Like, just, like... This guy fucking sucks.
0: If there is one premise of this, it's that Joshua Harris fucking sucks, and he doesn't deserve your empathy or your sympathy or you thinking that he's trying. Also, him coming is,
1: out is not a Christian. Yeah, we knew that in 1999, buddy.
0: Boom. So let's let's jump back <laughs> now that Zach has expressed his rage. Joshua Harris is the best-selling author of "I Kiss Dating Goodbye."
1: What's what's "I Kiss Dating Goodbye"?
0: "I Kiss Dating Goodbye" is the book of the Bible after Revelation. Uh, it is a canonical text, and it tells <laughs> christian people not to date
1: i wasn't listening at the first second of that and then my brain <laughs> caught up
0: and i was like oh wow so joshua harris at 21 okay. when he was an unmarried man yep. wrote didn't
1: have a girlfriend
0: <laughs> what became the manual for christians and dating for an entire generation specifically our entire generation
1: yeah, yeah primarily white evangelicals got this book and they were told dating is bad
0: yeah. because The premise of the book is don't date.
1: Yeah, because when you date people, basically you are giving away a piece of yourself. It opens with this image, because he had this dream yes. of a groom at an altar with his wife. And then behind him, a bunch of women just start lining up, kind of holding on to him, I think. And they're all
0: holding hands.
1: They're all holding hands. That's right. And the woman who's marrying him is like, hey...
0: What's up with all these bitches? <laughs>
1: yeah. Uh, is this not some-
0: not our word? That was her yeah, word. Yeah, yeah, no, I would never say that. Yeah.
1: And he's like, These are all the women I've been involved with before. Uh, she's like, I thought I had your heart. She goes, You do.
0: All that I have left to give. Incredible. That is the opening image yep. of this. And what it does in one fell swoop is yep. take a really toxic purity culture that always mm-hmm. equated women's worth with their virginity. Yep. Then apply that to men, which, great, equality. Yeah, and then, two, take that out of the room That's second wave feminism, in case you were wondering, <laughs> yeah. that actually,
1: that's what Gloria Steinem said. Uh,
0: and then <laughs> takes that out of the realm of sexuality and just says, oh, no, that's just emotionally true. Just like Jesus, you know, what's in your heart is what matters. So where you put your dick doesn't matter. Where you put your brain dick matters. <laughs>
1: true okay you yeah. know what you got it so what is his answer yeah so, so. He is like dating is bad don't date don't you do should get dating. married but don't date and so you're asking yourself unmarried person how do i go lonely
0: lonely podcast listener yeah i
1: know you're listening to this so you're hoping for tips
0: you're not going to get any if there's anyone you shouldn't ask <laughs>
1: yeah it's us how do i get from zero to married how what's the answer michael
0: uh the answer is a little thing that we christians like to call courtship so what the fuck is a courtship? The key components are, you can't even start interacting with somebody until you're pretty sure you want to marry him. The only wow. purpose mm-hmm. of dating should be for marriage. That's what courtship is. It's dating with intentionality. Second tenant: <laughs> family gets to be super involved in all of it, which, let me tell you from experience, so, so fun.
1: Is it cool and fun?
0: It's so, so fun. <laughs> Obviously, you have to be chased. That's like a given. They don't even right, really we get assume, into
1: it. Oh, not that any of these people know how to have sex. Yeah. But literally that, a problem
0: that people no, at the seminary. Uh, I've would known grow up people
1: around. who had that problem.
0: Yes, so that that is courtship. It's just it's just dating, but also you need to know the conclusion before you start.
1: I think that's amazing. It basically means uh, it's sort of Heisenberg principle. Like the moment you see a woman, you change her status. A woman you know, once
0: observed.
1: Yeah, well, a woman once observed becomes a fiance. Yeah. Well,
0: <laughs> right. what it actually does, particularly in practical terms, is it c- turns like a invitation to coffee into an engagement the stakes are that high from the jump so shocking that a 21 year old would have really stupid ideas about how relationships should work or anything yeah. yeah read my book that i wrote at 20 fight club is awesome and cool <laughs>
1: uh my, my uh my book at 21 were just bad facebook takes <laughs> no but it's true that's though. your book
0: at 31 yes <laughs>
1: It's so, like, courtship is bad. I, my experience with courtship, I know we'll get to yours. My yeah. experience with courtship was my parents agreed. They're like, yeah, courtship seems good. Be intentional. Fortunately, uh, nobody in high school wanted to engage in courtship <laughs> dating. And that was not anything. relevant. It Did not matter. Uh, and so I just very easily <laughs> alighted that issue. I
0: love that. But it
1: was never defined. Uh-huh. I think what's incredible is it's just, it's just really hella dating. And any breakup was that traumatic.
0: Well, any breakup is a moral failure. Yep. Like, that is, I think, maybe the key. Is, Which is uh, incredible. Yeah, what, what a hell of a take. You know what? You know what? Teenagers need more <laughs> pressure. <laughs>
1: more decisions that impact the rest of their life.
0: Yeah. It's not just college yet anymore, motherfuckers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh,
1: the, the, it's the SAT of <laughs> marriage
0: it's it's honestly it's more military conscription it's oh solid yeah that's uh, yeah, the draft so, so what was your experience yeah so i got to engage not in courtship but in pre-courtship
1: <laughs> for those of you who think courtship's a little loose
0: if you ever thought that my evangelical like pins on my jacket so got to metals uh we not up to snuff let me tell you three and a half years of pre-courtship that, that's a big ass mess. I'm
1: excited for you two to maybe move forward to courtship one day. <laughs>
0: yeah, one day it'll happen. My wife's going to be a little upset when I tell her, but I'm like, listen, I already gave her part of my heart. What do you want me to do? What, are you do? She has what that am heart. I supposed to do? The- it was weird when she showed up on my wedding day and stood next to me at the altar, though. I was not expecting that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it was weirder when she had the rings uh, in her pocket. And I need to say,
0: like, this is not a reflection on this person. She no, she's was great. and is great. We were both just victims of a culture that we you didn't were understand. Children. Yeah. Uh, but like her mother was the one that was really pushing this. So for the vast majority of our relationship, we were always around family. That's you yeah. know, they were always supervised. Uh, we didn't kiss because we genuinely well, believed well. that this was well, okay, we'll get there. <laughs> uh, we genuinely were trying to yeah. uphold these insane series of values. Uh, and like finally Two years into this relationship, I'm like, you know what I'm going to do? Well, what? I'm going to kiss this girl. What precipitated you? What was the catalyst? Well, you know, I'm a romantic. Yeah. Uh, So it it occurred to me that after our homeschool prom, (laughs) that my (laughs) then partner... decided that she wanted so she had to create herself give her props she made a prom from scratch from stinking nothing and By so, the way, it was
1: really sad she didn't win prom queen this though is true she fact. was outvoted
0: the only music that was played that entire evening uh-huh. frank sinatra <laughs> incredible i love incredible. that it wasn't even cco yeah. uh yeah no it was we, it was good i think return. someone forgot a cd but that was the backup music but the entire night Just Frank Sinatra. We
1: will at some point return to this in more detail. Of course. I will let you move on.
0: (laughs) I bring this girl home from our homeschool prom. I walk her to the doorstep. I go in for the kiss. We share a kiss. It's lovely. Her dad walks by in the background, stares at me.
1: The dad? Amazing.
0: Did not give a shit. Not that he should. It's just right. two people kissing. Yeah, but it was yeah. the mom. If the mom had seen it, it would have been an issue. But the dad saw him, and was just like, "All right, all right, all right," and kept walking. It, Good on him.
1: It's cool that uh, Matthew McConaughey could have been your father-in-law. Love yeah. it.
0: First kiss, incredible. Two days later. <laughs> A missive arrives.
1: <laughs> a herald is yeah. at your
0: door. If I recall correctly, there was an in- intermediary that like brought me the message. That's
1: one of my favorite things about Christian culture. I didn't date as a as a high schooler because, again, the ugliness. We're a college
0: student. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Why you gotta out me like that, man? Uh, listen, congenitally ugly can't help it. It's just my face and body and personality. Exactly. But I do remember occasionally when there would be con- like the... Not that you would just receive notes, but that notes would be given to you by a person you both know.
0: Yeah, there were there were Cell phones lot. existed. We're not that old. <laughs> I didn't have a cell phone when I you was
1: 16. You were 16. You didn't
0: have a cell phone? I didn't have a
1: cell phone. I have one where you had to buy the minutes for it.
0: Oh, I'll track phone. Yeah, Got I had the a track, track phone. phone. Solid. Let's move forward. The the letter <laughs> arrives.
1: For through an in- intermediate. Written
0: on nice stationery as always mm-hmm. because letters are all we had, so we put a lot of energy into them. Uh, and it basically is like, hey... That was really nice. Probably a lie. I'm sure I wasn't going to kiss her. Uh, not Still that aren't. she would know any better. Yeah, no, no, no. Yeah. Your wife and I talk about this yeah. at the same time. Yeah. She writes me a lot of this letters. She's the call too. Out. <laughs> You're constantly delivering letters for my wife, being like, get better. Uh <laughs> Kissing <is bad>. And. <laughs> <laughs> But we can't do it. We're breaking our mm. vows. We are engaged in pre courtship <laughs> That's serious. We need to take this seriously. That serious very life. real thing. Uh, and so we didn't kiss for, I think I think we shared one more tawdry kiss towards the end of our relationship when we kind of knew it was going downhill anyway.
1: <laughs> uh, that's true. The breakup kiss is real.
0: Thing. Oh, yeah. It, it happened. It was sort of the, pre, it was the knowing we weren't going to get there. So let's go ahead and share one more totally chaste five second kiss. Anyways, that was my experience with courtship. Purity culture, very present. Uh, yeah. Maybe not quite as toxic as it was for some, but certainly like-
1: Yeah, uh, we had to- True Love Waits was our thing. I don't think I ever actually read I like, oh, really? just Dead and Good Oh, really? Wow. Brown.
0: That was delivered to me, you know, on a I scarlet really, pillow. You know, being a pap- <laughs>
1: The pillow was weird. Yeah. Um, I, I think being a pastor's kid, occasionally, it was just, like, around more than Yeah, your like dad
0: that. wasn't as much of the, like, Christian culture thing. My things, parents are so. not as big
1: a culture warriors. Like, they're certainly yeah. pro-life and whatever. But because they didn't grow up Christian, they, even in the 90s, found a little bit of the, like, we're boycotting Disney movies a little bit, like,
0: okay. Yeah.
1: So, but I will say, we did True Love Weights,
0: mm-hmm. and
1: the girls got purity rings. And the guys got cards that you would to keep in your wallet and sign.
0: What an incredible image. I know. Illustrating. I know. The difference between a ring yep. uh, consistently across history used mm. as a, a symbol that you can't take off and yep. that is there to delineate your status to all people at mm-hmm. all times. Piece of a chain. And a piece of paper that you can put in your wallet and forget. Yep. Good stuff.
1: Good yeah. stuff. And purity culture is just very still much present to a point that are Churchill. Sure, a it, bit. it certainly you know, exists. it's around.
0: Um, but the 90s had a special brand. The, the, ni-
1: 90s, the 90s, well, there's, we've seen the documentary, tens of thousands of Christians go to the mall to, like. The Washington Mall. The Washington Mall. <laughs> the mall. They
0: just go to the mall. <laughs> I mean, that's Christians true. Christians are
1: at the mall. That's true, I spend a lot of time. Christians be shopping.
0: <laughs> Could American Eagle was the place to go. Fuck you, Hollister all the way.
1: <laughs> Get to a fist fight. <laughs> oh, man, puka shell necklace. I had a puka shell necklace.
0: Wow. Not, not probably. I now. never puked. I just. I'd like to go on record as saying, not unlike Bernie Sanders, I have never puked. Yeah.
1: So who, Joshua Harris becomes a pastor. And then what happens to him?
0: So Joshua Harris becomes a pastor at Sovereign Grace Fellowship. He never receives any seminary training for the first, like, decade of uh, his that's my,
1: my favorite thing, by the way, in Christian culture is, are you famous? Yeah. Did you write a book? Is your dad famous? Yeah. You get to be a pastor with a 1,000-member church at 23, just because. Just because. It's, it, it's like he gets to do surgery. You know, he's like <laughs> you know, he, he can practice law. It really is strange that, like, this thing that you would think— being the spiritual head of a thousand people would require training, wisdom.
0: No. Any of those things. No, same. And he did it for like a while, and then he decided to go to seminary. And uh-huh. we'll dive in at the end of this yep. into maybe the timing of why he decided to go to seminary. <laughs> but it's funny that after like more than 10 years of yeah. being like, ha ha, seminary, who needs it? I got Jesus. He's yeah. like, I got Jesus ah, millions of I'm dollars. I'm going to seminary, I'm gonna get out of here, I'm gonna go to Canada. And while he was in Canada, Yes. he filmed a documentary oh and that documentary is called I survived I kissed and goodbye okay and if we see one thing about Joshua Harris mm-hmm. across his entire career so Joshua Harris is always ready to do a little bit of rebranding. Yes. Sort of a half ass mea culpa uh-huh. yeah. for his past sins so that he can keep on moving and keep the keep the plates Another spin. kind of hair on his stupid face. So now we take <laughs> Joshua Harris out of the 90s when he was a 21-year-old idiot who yep. was surrounded by a culture that was totally willing to prop up a 21-year-old idiot to yep. you know, do these horrible things. Purity culture, by the way, patriarchal and garbage. I don't know if we said that clearly enough. This has been used to abuse women and keep them subjugated for a long time. And just because he put a slightly more like egalitarian spin on it does not mean that it's not coming out of this awful, awful. Oh
1: background. yeah. Again, the ring, You it's, know, it's terrible. We uh, just imagery. need to, I, there we were to purity balls for girls, not for boys.
0: Exactly. Et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It, it was always bad. He was just the fresh, hot, you know, hip nineties snark. take. He, on he
1: was the gen Xer. <laughs> he was, he was, yeah. he is, he is kind of a perfect gen Xer. He kind of believed the thing. And then repudiated it, and now is doesn't. And got paid on both
0: ends of that. Yeah, yeah. Like
1: he is, he is the uh, he's the ultimate tryhard Gen Xer.
0: So now we flash forward to yes. seminary Joshua Harris, and now he is rocking some big cool guy energy. Yes. I'm talking beanies. I'm talking like shaved head with the manicured stubble. Yeah, yeah.
1: The, the skinny dark
0: jeans. Oh, so many skinny jeans. But what, you know what's hilarious is the DC is that shoes t-, t Yeah, exactly. He's not even quite pulling no, off cool no. guy energy. Like, of course not. DC is not cool for a dude no. in their or, uh, yeah. the mid 30s. Yeah. The skinny jeans, fine, but they're ripped in ways that are just like oh this is just a little bit off you're not quite and so it ends up falling into the uncanny valley of cool that just it feels his entire life feels like the store window where they've tried to construct (laughs) this image (laughs) uh Uh, where they like (laughs) brought in stuff yeah he is totally he is mannequin cool that is joshua harris joshua harris Harris has has now decided that maybe just maybe he didn't have dating all figured out in his 20s uh (laughs) So he embarks on a, a vision quest of sorts mm-hmm. near the beginning of this documentary, which we watch. God help us. He is literally standing. On I'll a never, cliff, I'll never forgive you. Standing on a cliff, having an existential crisis because he doesn't, he wants to reach out to the people that were hurt by his book, but he doesn't want to disappoint his fans.
1: Know what I love. And he's like, I need the bravery to jump. And I really wish he had.
0: Yeah. Uh, Josh Harris. Yeah. Josh Harris, take the black pill. I, I wish that someone else had the bravery to push him. Oh, <laughs> uh, the world would be better.
1: One of my other favorite things that he does. Yes. And so, what I will just. He talks to, in the first third of this movie, a bunch of people on both sides of this argument.
0: So yeah, he this whole thing is he is going to listen to the people that were impacted by his book, both for good and ill. Yep. And he is going to own the fact that he helped create a legalism yep. that hurt
1: people. Like Louis C.K., he's going to sit back for a long time,
0: <laughs> say he's going to listen, and then make 90 minutes about himself. <laughs> and it is maybe the most self-obsessed marketing document. Oh, there are so oh, many dear. close-ups of him pensively staring off at cityscapes and skylines. Oh dude, there's
1: so much of him being cool guy in Toronto, staring in
0: the distance. Everywhere is a West Elm catalog, and every other where is a second wave coffee shop.
1: My favorite part too, is every time he talks about like, my book hurts some people, but he always has to hedge it with like, I said a lot of good things, there's a lot of truth in there.
0: I was right. He says
1: that every time.
0: It would have been so easy for a grown ass man to be like, I was a fucking idiot, I created a book that hurt people... And I own that. And he kept the but he still kept the money. Oh yeah, he
1: sold millions of dollars from speaking tours, from getting a pastorship job that he didn't deserve, and from book sales. He made millions off of this, and he he had no point. Is like, man, I what if I gave a million dollars away?
0: Yeah, what if I did anything to sort of help address the harm? But he I
1: can't caused? even. So he keeps the money, and he can't even fully be like, now that book.
0: Was no, fine. he he doesn't want to disappoint the fans. That is literally Incredible what he says. Stuff. He's got to find a middle Incredible ground. Incredible stuff. And and there's all of this like he's hinting at things like there's a moment late in the picture a lot of where he's talking there's a lot to of, somebody there's a lot of heavy breath hint uh, yeah well no but th- he's talking to somebody that's sort of like so this is a uh, pretty fucking straights only huh and yeah. he's like yeah no I mean my thoughts have like developed on stuff and but like he can't just yeah. say like yeah I think that's shitty
1: well this like, movie exists uh, I didn't realize in Iran where there are no yeah, gays
0: yeah. <laughs> Ahmadinejad appearing in this picture <laughs>
1: Uh, you know, two thumbs up.
0: <laughs> often did a job being like, no, I read it. It was great. So
1: it is, and here's the thing.
0: When I first watched yeah. mm-hmm. this movie, what I thought was one, fuck, fuck this dude. Sure. But two, maybe he's trying. Like clearly he's a dude that has grown up mm. in an insanely privileged world. He's not going to be a guy that can do that ownership. But like, listen, not a lot of people step into a public space in any format to be like, I acknowledge I cause harm. Sure. Uh, so like, double down tends to be the yeah that's the order of the day the for sure. So yeah. like maybe there's something here to appreciate.
1: However, however, <laughs> and then
0: we learned a couple more things about Joshua Harris.
1: So he when he was a pastor, what happened?
0: So let's go back to Sovereign Grace Fellowship. Okay, uh, started by C.J. Mahaney, kay. who came out of this '70s hippie movement, mm-hmm. the Jesus movement, and founded this both charismatic and Calvinist religious.
1: Sure. And Seriously. and for those of you who don't know, that's very weird.
0: Yeah, it's weird. They don't normally go together. No. So he ended up being sort of the like hippie, mm. like SBC sort of connected, but not really. They were certainly independent, but he had a lot of ties with the FBC because yeah. he was evangelical enough. He they, held the line on theology. They caucus
1: with the SBC is the way to think about yeah, it. The same exactly. way Bernie would
0: caucus with the Democrats. Uh, so he's been doing this thing since the seventies yep. and they bring in uh, Joshua Harris and he immediately becomes their rising star. He's immediately yep. given the head of this Washington DC church, one of their premier churches. Mm. And for about 15 years, that's where he is. I think 13 years, that's where Yeah, he he's there for quite a while. Uh, during that time. In his, like, 20s and early 30s. Uh, CJ Mahaney ends up resigning from the ministry following information that he and other pastors had covered up a series of sex abuse scandals. Oh, no. Yeah. Yeah. Shocking, I given what we were just talking oh, about in the well, SBC. Are you
1: saying communities of faith are bad about this? Uh,
0: so if you want the full rundown of information about this, I suggest everyone go read a Washingtonian article. It's called mm-hmm. The Sex Abuse Scandals That Devastated a Suburban Mega Church, comma, Sovereign Grace Ministries. It's written by Tiffany Stanley. She talks with a lot of the victims. She goes into yes. a lot more detail than we're going to go in here. It's Hat a tip. great, great read. But to sum it up, there was a lot of sex abuse happening at Sovereign Grace Ministries. The whole thing was run not unlike the Mormons where it's just the side of a cult where yeah. if you needed a plumber, you're expected to get a plumber inside the church. You know, we, yeah. we all need to live in these sanctified hovels. Yeah, and consequently, when sex abuse would happen in this community, yep. uh, it would go to the pastors and the pastors would, quote unquote, handle it. And repeatedly, uh, it was not taken to authorities. It was being handled internally. Most of these were children. So victims whose parents would take them to authorities, yeah. those parents were often chastised for stepping outside of the bounds of this church and for not being willing to forgive, which is a thing so that we fucked see consistently. Up. And you see it all the time with like,
1: hey, man, they it's just like, no, dude, they're a predator.
0: So most notably, this happened with C.J. Mahaney's brother-in-law, okay. uh, Nathaniel Morales. He had been an active member of Covenant li- Life Church since the 80s. Wow. Uh he was known for his beautiful singing voice and for his mentorship at the congregation of young men. Oh no! During that same period, and I'm just going to throw in a content warning here. This is sexually explicit. We've already been talking about explicit stuff, but this yeah, is going to be specific bit of a tr- in bit a of way. A trigger here. Um, let's just be yeah. aware. Uh, he sexually assaulted three teenage boys who had been a part of the church. God. The targeted boys came over for sleepovers at, at the family's home where he lived in the basement. Morales' patterns were as stealthy as they were insidious. He would approach his victims at night. They would awake to find him fondling or orally raping. them. Uh. One man said that Morales goaded him with guilt. Morales claimed that if his advances were resisted, he would have to seek out prostitutes and men in bathrooms, and he could get AIDS. Uh, yeah. Okay. So – the men and their families kept that abuse a secret. Oh God, no. Specifically, spoke with authorities after an accusation came up and denied these claims. And then Morales ended up marrying a woman who had five children and abusing those children too. So essentially they covered it up. They covered it up. And so and because
1: they covered it up, he was able to continue being More an abuser. Children
0: were an investigation commissioned by the church after this all came out revealed that in 17 years between 1990 and 2007, At minimum, five members of the church's upper staff were told of Morales' abuse and none notified the police. Joshua Harris was a major part of this church. He has acknowledged that he encountered sexual abuse cases that they did not take to the police. And that's where this guy goes from being a misguided asshole to what he's truly been this whole time, which is a fucking douchebag and a grifter. Because you know when he peaced out in 2015 to go to seminary? It was after the sexual abuse scandals had come out, but not only that, Uh it was after the money dried up. Oh, of course. In twenty twelve and twenty fourteen, the assets dropped from six point two to two point eight million. And all of a sudden in twenty fifteen, he's bouncing to go to seminary way the heck away in Canada.
1: Wow. Weird.
0: Uh the guy's a grifter. Yep. He was a grifter that sold harm. Yep. To the tune of one point two million copies. Gosh. Then he got to be the pastor of a mega church. And when that dried up, he went off to seminary. Yep. And when that wasn't working for him anymore and the money wasn't good anymore, what did he do? He got out the game, divorced his wife, ended his relationship with Faith, which, you yeah, know. Yeah, of
1: course. I, I mean, I would say just was public about yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah I was going to yeah, say yeah. that was he already just, dead. He just realized because he was on the culture war side, he was using Faith as a culture war thing to
0: make money. Yeah. The culture war shifted. He Moved on, yeah. He couldn't make money anymore. He yeah. wanted to be a cool, guy. He so he needed to rebrand. Yep. And looking back on that, you can see this documentary as the beginning of the rebranding. Yeah,
1: so what's he doing now, Michael?
0: <laughs> so now Joshua <laughs> Harris is a wordsmith. Ah, wow, well. literally how he markets himself. He's a marketing guy. I, what does he do? He helps people tell stories, <sighs> which to be fair is all he's been doing his entire career. So, like, maybe that's Pretty normal at that point. He builds himself as a wordsmith and storyteller. He helps clarify then amplify messages that matter. Hey, Josh Harris. (laughs) Yeah, fuck off, Joshua.
1: Fuck off, Josh Harris. You were never, you were never Christian. You were just, uh, you were the
0: real deal. You were. Um, Let's not not let Christians off the hook.
1: No, no, no. no, Of course, no, no, no. Christians enabled this, Griffin. Yeah, they were, they were a mark, but more than that. It started out as symbiosis. Mm-hmm. He was just a guy who was selling the generation before wanted to sell mm-hmm. to, to our generation of kids. And so he the, sold the next
0: generation. very successful. He there.
1: sold it very well. Oh, you know what I'm realizing? Tell me. Josh Harris won.
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, he definitely won. Only thing that is him not winning is that he's just alone doing a marketing thing. I'm happy about that. that. Like nobody Nobody, cares. Nobody
1: have sex with Josh Harris. Please, please, please make him court you. Please make Josh Harris court (laughs) you. Make
0: him court you. Don't kiss him until the altar. And then when he gets there, (laughs) line up, all of the people yep. that he's harmed around you and tell him to fuck off. I'm talking catfish the hell catfish, out of Catfish Josh Harris. Harris.
1: If you see him on the street, yell at him, call him names.
0: You know what? I'm going to say don't don't yell at him. Don't harm him. Just shave him. <laughs> <laughs> just take that manicured stubble <laughs> off his stupid face. Like He's not just a grifter. He's a villain. Yep. Covered up sex abuse. Yep. He was part of this. And just as a very, very, very brief side note at the end of this, and then we'll finish up this episode. One of the th- interesting things about C.J. Mahaney and Sovereign Grace Fellowship is the relationship that they had with the SBC. Yes. Albert Moeller is still one of the top names in the SBC. Oh, yeah.
1: President of Southern Seminary, which is the flagship.
0: In 2016, oh, God. long after the allegations had come out against C.J. Mahaney, long yep. after he had already resigned from Sovereign Grace Fellowship, long after this was all out in the open, mm-hmm. Albert Moeller introduced him at a panel. And he had this cute little joke where he said, so... You know, I know I'm going to be introducing my friend CJ. So I hopped on Google to do a little research. Immediately, knowing laughter in this pastoral conference. Oh, no. a bunch of pastors laughing. A bunch of men. Uh, yeah, yeah, well, that goes yeah, without saying. Yeah. Exclusi- um, but basically just all men. And he goes, and you know what I found out? CJ Mahaney is a Redskins fan. Uproarious laughter. Albert Moeller didn't come out and say, Hey, I got it wrong with the guy that was covering up sexual abuse until February of, wait for it. Not 2016, mm. obviously. No. Not 2017. Okay. You'd think it might be 2018, but it wasn't. Oh, my God. February of 2019, he finally put out a little Gosh. statement on his website being like, yeah, so, you know. Fuck off, Al Mohler.
1: You're a villain. You're part of the yeah. problem.
0: I mean, he, he literally is doing the same thing. And he is he, laughing in the face of sexual yep, abuse he victims.
1: He's, I would say he is one of the two to four most powerful men in the SBC oh. today. Right and now. when
0: you're asking yourself, why does a denomination that wants to preach the word of God and struggles yep. with... Having only one and a half percent of its churches uh, take on, undertake the process of getting better at dealing with sexual abuse. Maybe you should look at the guy that laughed at him who's in charge.
1: All the pastors that are laughing right along. So
0: that's Joshua Harris. Joshua Harris, I just want to issue a personal thank you. Thank you for ruining three and a half years of my life.
1: Hey, Josh Harris, I'm just going to leave one more thing. The beard doesn't work.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So we are the Shitty Christians. My name is Michael Tabor. You can follow me at Michael Tabor on Twitter.
1: My name is Zachary Allard. You can follow me at Zachary underscore Allard.
0: And you can follow our site at at shitty underscore pod. You know, if there's two things I could ask you to do uh, after you listen to this, it is one, dismantle capitalism from the ground up and two write and review us on iTunes if you could do those two things that would be great thank you so much this has been Shady Christian are kind of caught in an infinite loop of podcasting so if you can do a whole episode that was nothing but
1: hey michael how you doing this week <laughs> and
0: it just gets progressively more deranged mm-hmm. how is that different from our regular episodes though? it isn't
1: <laughs>